Hi, everyone. Welcome to our ReLearn podcast. We are so excited to talk about money today and the perception and the emotions and the things and that we feel about money. So today I want to introduce my co-host, Kelly. My name is Mega Jewel. Kelly, let's kick things off. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mega. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, well, for the theme of this episode is relearning our relationship with money. And I feel like I'm constantly learning about good habits about money, maybe bad habits about money that I've had. So I'm very, very curious about this topic. And we're really excited to bring um, an expert in this field. His name is Chris Hagen, and he is a partner at Advisor Investments with us today to share his knowledge and how we can have a healthier relationship with money, all things finance. Is that even a thing? Does it exist? For sure. And what, For sure. And what, and what does it like? The, and try not to let it define us. I think that's really important too, right? And I know based on some of the research I've been looking at, like a lot of people stress over money. So how can we reduce that stress? Because we already have enough stressors in our everyday life. So those are the things we're going to be talking about. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to kick it off to Chris. Chris, if you don't mind quickly introducing yourself and your role, that would be great. Sure. Thanks, Kelly. And, and thanks, Mega. So yeah, my name is Chris Hagen. Uh, I'm a partner with um, a company called Advisor Investments. Not super original, but we've been around for about 30 years. Um, we're a registered investment advisory firm. So we have um, a fiduciary responsibility to, to basically invest our clients appropriately. So that's fun in terms of kind of making sure that we're taking care of each one of our clients in every which way that makes sense for them. Uh, we do have clients all around the country, uh, some internationally too. Uh, we do things like investment management and financial planning, tax prep, as well as provide uh, estate planning guidance. Go ahead, Megan. I think, I think that's the, the the point of my conversation here is I, I grew up in a very, you know, immigrant. We came from Indonesia. Mm -hmm. Money was very different in Indonesia here. And then as we were, you know, starting from scratch, it was very much, a, it was hard because you're talking about all these things that my family would not know. A single thing about yeah. yeah. Like, where do we even start with like what it is that the the value that you bring to your clients? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I, I mean, my my story is not that different, right? I mean, mine is just the Irish end of things. But you know, my parents never had any money invested in stocks or bonds. But my father was a firefighter who invested in real estate, right? And and he and his firefighter buddies were the ones that would fix up multiple properties and work on them together. And that is a great way to invest. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's how a lot of immigrant stories have started with success, right? And also mm -hmm. probably being not big spenders, right? Those two combinations yes. of things, which is getting some equity in something, getting a foot in the door, and then understanding the economics of not spending more than you've got. And I think that's, I mean, it, based on my observation in my community, I think there are three types of spenders too, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned like maybe from immigrant background and not having a lot of money growing up that, you know, sometimes we're hesitant to spend, even if maybe we are at a point where we can, but like, we always feel like there's the need of not having enough. Then I seen individuals where it's almost to compensate. We didn't have a lot. And now that I do, I almost overspend. So like, that's why I want to get into this whole conversation about what is a healthy relationship with money? 
Um, so maybe we just kind of dive into that and get your thoughts on like, does that exist? So sure. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I think that's a really interesting question. What I've gotten to see firsthand is that sometimes um, when we've seen really successful people especially here, I'm in Boston, um, but a lot of really successful people, they're now at the, the level of CEO. Um, they've said to themselves, you know, my kids will never have to go through what I went through again. Mm. And, and, and sometimes wow. that ends up being uh, a misstep to some degree, because there is a need for some degree to have a bit of skin in the game and a bit mm -hmm. of a struggle. Um, so I've seen that. I've seen that firsthand. But in in terms of like your question about healthy versus unhealthy habits, I think it's a really good one because, you know, I've been doing this now for a while and I definitely think that I've been able to see firsthand healthy habits. Yeah. And, and I know that your audience tends to be on the younger side. So when we do financial planning, um, we're super focused on those healthy habits as opposed to whether or not you're going to make a, you know, reach your financial goals. It's much more on things like healthy habits are like automating, right? Mm. Setting up automated savings or investment plans. It's an easy way to do what we call dollar cost average, um, or even to, to create this thing called artificial scarcity, which is kind of like getting used to living on less, you know? Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Right. That's kind of what I'm doing that right now. I'm doing that right now. You are. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting like concept to make sure that you're like, this is what you got. This is what you got to work with. That's it. Totally. Right. Um, the other one is like, if you can, and I know this is so crazy because, and especially with the lives that we lead today, but ignoring some noise, like, you know, if we follow Jim Cramer and he's telling us to trade this or trade that, it's like, you know what, from my standpoint, we're, we're investors. We don't want to look at day-to-day -day trends. We want to look at longer term. Mm -hmm. What is our comfort with risk? Mm -hmm. Getting an, an early financial plan out of the way is huge because a lot of, I think, and we've talked a little bit about this, but understanding the language of money is so huge. And I think that a lot of what was done in the past was designed to really confuse investors. So working with a financial planner, an investment advisor, an early age to just kind of like decipher what the language is, um, is huge, right? I think that's really important. And then also as investors and as human beings, we have this thing called recency bias. Um, this is where we tend to favor like those recent events that, that just took place over the historic ones. Mm -hmm. And this can lead investors to believe that, you know, what's happening today and what's happening lately is, is going to continue to happen. And that's, that's not really reality. So like a lot of what I do is kind of having investors take a step back and say, gosh, what's, what's been going on lately is not what's going to happen forever. So I, I think those are some kind of like, I hate to say it, but unhealthy things. Does that make sense? Yes, well, and I have two follow-up questions, yes. if I may. Um, I would say automate. We have listeners who probably have a wide range. Some probably have a lot of expertise in this, and some are just starting, right? Yeah. So when you say automate, drill into that. What does that mean? What are some tools that can be helpful? Sure. Then, so, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. You go. Oh, and my second question is... Um, why, why is it, why is the language of money? Why is it so hard? Yeah. <laughs> you so I love to understand little historic facts 
um, if you have any, and I know Mega has some questions too. Sure. So automating, I think, so easy ones to start off with, you know, 401k, right? So having mm -hmm. some money come out of your port, you know, your, your paycheck automatically before it, it actually hits your bank. That's, that's number one. Uh, when you get a little farther along in your career, maybe actually having your, your direct deposit going in two different ways. Um, and I'm, I'm older than you guys. So what I've been able to do after a number of years is having a portion max out my 401k and then another portion actually go to my after-tax investments and then the balance go to my, you know, to my bill pay. So actually doing two different types of kind of direct deposits, mm. you know, and if you can get to that point where you don't have any credit card debt, Mm -hmm. But at the same point, you're, 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 you know, those are the things that if, and then by the time it gets to your bill pay, that's what I got to work with, right? You know, so those types of things are really, really healthy. As for your question on why it was designed, or at least in my feeling, why I feel like it was a language was kind of hard for investors to understand. Well, gosh, think about the, you know, A shares and C shares and these all different types of mutual funds or 12 yeah. fees. All these things were really designed to dupe the investor. Mm. Um, I do feel like Fidelity and, and places like Schwab have done a good job to really make investments um, transparent. And I and I do think that the even things like exchange traded funds, where there's really next to no expense ratio and next to no commission, and and also registered investment advisory firms that are on the same side of the table as their clients. All those things really are are making the, the the environment a lot cleaner and a lot better and a lot less like I want to steal from you. I, 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 so I, I think that in my job as a planner and as an investment advisor, I'm super comfortable within the first meeting telling people how we make our money and and really it's a flat fee and that is it. So that's that's a, a good thing for our industry. Well, I'm glad it's progressing and becoming more <laughs> transparent and making it less difficult for people yeah. because yeah that's not so great to hear that it was designed to be difficult um right. i think well, Megan i want to go follow up i want to go back to your recency bias and taking a look at the pandemic it was like an oh my god moment initially right let's conserve let's conserve it was really scary daunting we didn't know how long it was going to be and then it got to the point where it boomed for a, a good chunk of people, mm -hmm. where you had an enormous amount of, of, of cash coming in. Um, and I saw different types of people um, that Kelly mentioned, you know, kind of just go out and spend. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about those healthy habits. And what, what would you recommend people to go, what is now might not necessarily be long lasting. What is positive might not necessarily be the boom for a really long, like for a, a you know, a continuous persistent amount of time and vice versa. If it's, you know, negative and it's going downhill, don't freak out because it's yeah. going to be temporary. It's a matter of time. What, yeah. What's the emotional psychology or mindset that we really have to, to set ourselves to at least get to that, like healthy habits. Sure. I, I think there's a handful of things that I, I talk to clients about regularly. Number one would be turn off CNBC, you know, <laughs> ignore, <laughs> ignore the daily news cycle if you can, um, you know, work on a, on a budget that works for you and your family, you know, um, 
the daily Starbucks uh, is is wonderful, but you know, yeah. if, if you got rid of that, could you add another percentage point to your 401k? And I know that sounds boring, and I know that that sounds not super, you know, exciting. But those are the things that, like, I I don't have a car payment, but I do contribute a good amount each month to my daughter's 529s, and I'm proud to do that without having to have a shiny new car. But I've got a you know, a Jeep that fits my dog and kids in the back, right? So those are the things that like over time you can work on. Um, credit card debt, get rid of it, get rid of it. Before you get into saving anything, make sure that your foundation is secure. You know, there are going to be tough years to save. And I, and I, and, and you talked about anxiety and I'm glad that you brought that up, Mega, because I see it, especially with my younger clients who are new parents, where they're saying like, gosh, Chris, I, I'm not saving a darn thing. And I'm like, guess what? you know what, you probably shouldn't be because right now I know that you're putting a ton of money into, you know, childcare. And, and, and those are expensive years. So having someone to talk to, you know, through those things helps. Having an emergency savings account is very, very smart if you can. Um, whether you're with Schwab or Fidelity, the good news is with a money market, I looked today, Fidelity Cash Reserves is now at like 3.99%. The Federal Reserve raising rates has not been great for yep. your mortgage rates, but it's yep. been very good for at least getting short-term debt and those types of things, getting a much better rate. So those are a couple of things, but I think that, you know, um, if you're, those are the kind of like for the younger folks, if you're getting towards like, bigger issues, Medicare, Social Security, those types of things where, or, you know, trusts and like, you know, trying to figure out the best ways to hand assets down to other generations, contact someone like me, because that gets a lot more complex. Got it. Well, at least I like the, the really the good tips on simple things we could do, right? Like totally. the Starbucks a day, that's simple. We can make our own coffee and put it towards our 401k or other ways that we can automate it. So I, I definitely like that. Um, any other simple tips that are part of healthy habits before we kind of talk about, you know, I think we've talked, speaking of recency bias, mm -hmm. obviously we are in an economic downturn and I think that can cause a lot of people, a lot of stress, especially, you know, sadly those that have been affected by layoffs. Right. So wondering if yeah. there are any tips there too. So I'd love to get into that. Sure. I mean, I think we've talked recently to a lot of clients about whether or not they are offered a Roth 401k option. Um, that is something to examine. And then whether or not it makes sense for you, depending upon your tax bracket, more and more, I think it's close to 50% of companies today in America now offer a Roth 401k option. And especially even if you're very new in your career, that is a really smart option because basically what happens and i think the, the 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 whole industry has changed but especially with secure act 2.0 we used to get into this frame of mind which was like put as much as you can forever in your and ever and ever and ever into pre-taxed 401k max right. it up for your entire career right. what i see is the other end which is like clients get to be 72 or 73 and all of a sudden they have to do this thing called required minimum distribution where they have to take out a part of that pre-taxed money. And guess what? If you have a really, really successful person, they have to take out $200,000, $250,000. All of a sudden they have this huge tax bill. So for me, if you're younger and you're not earning a lot, think about Roth 401k. That's a good um, one. Other ways to kind of think about Roth and reducing that lifelong pre-taxed money when you can. That's a really good tip. 
um, for all of us starting <laughs> with <laughs> on this journey. Yeah. Um, Mega, any questions there before I kind of move on to the, we talk about the economic downturn? What I'm hearing from you is that there is one way to look at it from a short-term perspective, the coffees, the car, mm -hmm. but shifting our perspective to how do you want your tomorrow to look like with yourself, with your family, with your pets or what have you, what, what really distinguishes value in your life? Because mm -hmm. ask me now, I really want that car. <laughs> but if you ask me probably next week after I sit on it, I'd rather have more financial security for my family versus anything else or something like that, you know, or, or buying um, a house, putting that money on a down payment for, to build mm -hmm. that, to build that well. It, it, am I on the, on the right train of really shifting what, what you, what you see now as a shiny object might be, see something down the line that's a bigger, shinier object to achieve? I, I think you're, 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 describing exactly what we all feel as human beings. Um, I don't think that like a lot of what I do sometimes is that when I have people that are such staunch savers mega for, for forever, like I just had a call a little while ago where I was like, spend some money, you know, go on a trip, <laughs> you know, like go do some things, you know? Uh, and then I have other people where it's like, oh my gosh, you know what? We might need to think about getting rid of that you know, that, that, that third country club membership. Um, it, it's a balance, right? I mean, we're, we need to find that balance. So it's like, should you go and do those great experiences? I think, I think the pandemic has taught us. Yes. Yeah. Do those great experiences. Do you, need, do you need to have a Lamborghini? Maybe not. Maybe that can be a, you know, maybe that can be an Acura that, that has one year of, you know, worth of miles and all of a sudden that money can go towards a 401k i don't i think it's more of that that balance but i i don't for each person it's it's unique and i think that what i try to do is work through the numbers with them to make sure that yeah take those trips um absolutely but do it on a on a way that makes sense does that make sense to you yeah i, I think the, the rule here <laughs> is hard I, <laughs> Everyone's so different on their journey, right? Like, I but, totally. And I think that's why having professionals like you can be like, nope, you're at this point where you can do X, Y, and Z things, or maybe not. Maybe this is a better way to automate or invest in a, well, another fund. I want to add one thing, and we talked about this briefly. You know, my background is very different than everybody's, and the way that I was deemed as whether I was successful or not was how much money money I had at a job mm -hmm. or how much collectively all the things that I wore and all the, whatever, all of that was very important to at least I, I think, mm -hmm. or it was ingrained. And what I love about this conversation is that we can come to you as like the money doctor, essentially to be able to prescribe something that works and is customized to myself and my family, because it's kind of like a no brainer. Like, it helps you shift your perspective, helps you like create long-term plans, being able to build those healthy habits and automate and be the dictionary for folks who might not know what the hell in our a Roth 401, whatever, 401k option is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that, that, that makes a ton of sense. And then I also think, Mega, that makes a ton of sense. But I think a lot of people want to know 
and and in in our world today there's no forum to be able to say hey guys we're all around the same age what does our financial situation look like and am i am i okay well and like, people don't even want to talk about it right it's right, so taboo. Right, right. it's a taboo yeah exactly yeah, so even like within my town we, we you know we've got i mean so what i usually can tell people is like here's what i see and here's what works and here's where you are and guess what you're doing fine but here's a couple of things that we can work on i mean it's essentially a financial planner is someone trying to poke holes in your situation mm-hmm. say here's where you may be a little bit vulnerable and here's some some things that maybe you haven't thought about where we can kind of make make your situation a little bit better um tonight i was talking to a corporate executive who hadn't really I mean, she's worked forever and she's traded around like an all-star on a baseball team, but hasn't done in a basic estate plan. I mean, so for me, I'm like, that's an, an easy, like, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, so if you can have a conversation with a financial professional, that's like, this is just what I do all, all day long. I can tell you where you're doing great, where you need a little work and then where things we can work on together. And what if people say can you know, afford to have like an advisor like you, what are some good resources for them at least to kick it off? Like you talked about these great habits that we just mm-hmm. talked about, like where, where would they be able to find it? What are yeah, some so, resources you would give uh, them? Yeah, I think we, you know, like this is a good place to start. I we just bought about, it. Right, we talked to, so Morgan Housel has a book called The Psychology of Money that I like awesome. that I give to a lot of clients. Um, you know, chapter three is like, you know, never enough, right? And he just talks about the goofy things that people do with overspending. And I think it's important to think about. I also, there's another one that I like that's called The Millionaire Next Door. I forget the mm. author, but I apologize. Yeah. How, about but, um, the, um, how about The Intelligent Investor? Oh yeah, that's another great one. Totally. Okay. And I've given that to clients too. So those are great kind of starting points, which are like basic investment thoughts. Some of them go a little over the top, which is like, you know, you know, refill your vodka bottle that you had before with some other cheaper one. You know, those, you don't <laughs> need to get into that stuff stuff it doesn't have to be that crazy but in terms of kind of like um the millionaire next door the thing i like about that one is like you're not the car that you drive right mm-hmm. or, or those types of things where you're really tied to like you you know you shouldn't have to feel that way to be successful and a lot of the people that i really work with that are successful that that do have really good financial plans are probably not driving lamborghini Beanies. Um, they're, they're probably driving a Ford Taurus that maybe, or a, a Volvo that maybe they've had for 15 years. I love that. You know what I mean? But I think that's, mm-hmm. I, I've gotten to see that firsthand and, and their kids probably have really good 529 plans. You know, I mean, those types of things. Um, and I, that I, would reduce your stress, right? Like you're not stressed about paying for this expensive you know, there's, there's nothing worse than when I get a call from a client that's like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's awful, because you're yep. overextended. Yep. So if you can live below your means and have a, an emergency savings, that is where you want to be. Yep, I completely agree. I know yeah. we only have a few minutes left. So I want to get to I think we don't do our jobs for no reasons. I think there's already some kind of personal story there. Uh, want to know what that personal story if that makes you love your job you've been doing this for a while now mm-hmm. um you know i well i i uh gosh yeah i've been doing this now for a while um 
the 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 team that I have the you know I'm 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 lucky enough to to lead a team and then and then uh, to work with all different types of clients and and a lot of them are these wonderful immigrant stories right those are really when I and then and then and then helping not only like them but then maybe their parents and maybe their mm. kids mm-hmm. um, I you know I I think I like to think that I'm an educator to some degree and that's fun where I can unpack. The complex language of finance to say, well, this is what it means to you or, 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 you know, your family. And this is why I'm going to be able to maximize the net to your heirs and reduce your taxes to your family. And I'll do it in a way that's going to be easy for you. Um, that, that part when they're like, that, yeah. that feels good. You know, like, you know, like I think Mega talked on a few times tonight about like um, reducing stress. If I can do that, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yes. Like that, you know? <laughs> Sounds like you have a very meaningful job and we're very thankful for your expertise. Uh, Meg, is there anything else that we haven't covered yes. with Chris? How can people get a hold of you? What's uh, the next step? I know I'm going to be reaching out to you individually, but what what can our listeners do to really connect with you or get those resources that you were talking about? Sure. So you can email me. Um, you know, you guys can get my email address after this. Um, I have a, a team that that supports me. We can help you out in any which way that makes sense in terms of whether it's free, you know, guidance or or things like that, or or just general conversation. We're we're always open to that. Um, that's part of the fun of what we do. Fabulous. Amazing. All right. Thank Chris. you, Chris. We'll share your contact with our listeners. Um, and thank you again for all the great advice. I know I will be taking some and seeing what I could do to have a healthier relationship with money. And Mega's already have it on her to-do list to contact you next. So that's really exciting. <laughs> Legit. Seriously. <laughs> thank you both. Appreciate it. Thanks, you. guys. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon.